Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I am Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the Vice Chair of Education for the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for being here with us again this week, Dr. Maurice. Oh, it's my pleasure, as always, to be back. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to think, uh, you would think a weekly podcast with a, with a lab guy might be kind of dry, but <laughs> in the current days of COVID, it's like a week is a month. And, uh, and you know, my position here at Mayo does give me a rather unique perch to watch this and participate even in some of the things playing out. So it's a pleasure to be back. Well, yeah, it's great to have you. It's amazing how quickly things are moving. Like you said, you almost forget what's happened the previous week because you're already jumping on to the next week. But there are some big things going on that maybe we could touch on. And I think really of interest is this new partnership with Minnesota and state leadership to provide COVID-19 testing for all Minnesotans as needed. Um, one of the first partnerships in the, nature of, in the nation of this sort. And maybe you could just touch on that and tell us uh, where are we right now in making this happen? Yeah, that's a great place to start. Uh, first of all, I have to just reiterate how proud I am to be in Minnesotan and to be at Mayo Clinic, which of course is beyond Minnesota. It's in Wisconsin, it's in Florida, and it's in Arizona. Uh, to really help be you know, thought leaders in terms of how to do something like this. As you mentioned, we're one of the first states in the union to really take on the charge of trying to understand how to really roll out more testing, because uh, that's really where we are. Uh, in the COVID pandemic, from the diagnostic laboratory perspective, in the early days, we were very focused on having enough testing for what was really needed in guiding patient care. And now we're thinking about how we have enough testing needed not only to guide patient care, but to safely reopen society and protect vulnerable areas of the country and the population. So to be able to participate in those things is really fantastic. And it's a real testament to the people here at Mayo and the spirit of the state as well. Um, it's a it's a challenge to do this. Uh, I think conceptually there's still great agreement, but health systems are not used to working with each other in such close collaboration. Uh, even in the state of Minnesota, which is not you know is not large pop by population compared to maybe New York where this really first hit. Um, and you saw there, Governor Cuomo went with sort of a state mandate uh, to do this. Uh, more of a top-down approach, whereas Minnesota, we've been much more about building the coalition. So that's been really good. Um, I think that's really where Vice President Pence's team would like to see this go, understanding that each state's going to be a little different. Uh, it's going to have a different mixture of populations. It's going to have different mixtures of minorities. It's going to have different mixtures of businesses. Um, so I believe that's why Vice President Pence was here. A big part of that coming to Minnesota was just to reinforce his belief in these sorts of state level partnerships to drive the collaboration and to really help get the country back on its feet. The challenge of course is going from what is a really good idea and, a and the right spirit of the agreement kind of into how do you actually stand up this as something we can really do and as successfully as a state and as I mentioned earlier we aren't not used to working in this way, which means we have both at the 
the one level, I would call it the practice level uh, of these organizations, how do they just have the right dialogue with each other to understand what each other's needs are and how they support each other. And then this whole operational piece, which we're really focusing on, it's great to really want to create this network between the University of Minnesota and Mayo to have a fail safe for all the health systems to do enough testing. But how, what does that look like? How do you move specimens around? Um, how do you actually understand how bills are generated and that make sure that the state and we understand that the private industry is paying for what it should in the state and all these sorts of complexities that are now kind of being uh, risen to the to the top now that we've kind of hit the agreement. So that's really where the energy is right now this week. There's really two things. One is that, and I'm sure you can relate to this, uh, Bobby, because you have much more in clinical microbiology, it's much more part of your your practice to work with state health organizations around infectious disease, whereas for a lot of other areas of, of DLMP and laboratory medicine, not so much. The oncology world where I come from, not nearly as much. Uh, so learning this week from the Minnesota Department of Health that since they were a major um, performer of tests early in the pandemic, they had a voice in terms of how those tests were used, which really isn't typical for the Minnesota Department of Health. They don't really want to be telling providers how to use testing, that's not their role. So now the question is, we really want to, once we have enough testing, we want the health systems to be able to free to use that testing uh, to support whatever their local needs are. But how do we articulate that? How do we transition that sort of um, that voice of responsibility from the state, from the Department of Health to this testing coalition where it really more belongs? How do we manage this handoff so it's clear to everyone involved? that they should, you know, that they have some ownership of the testing they should be doing. And our job is to really just make sure there's enough testing capacity available. So that's one thing to figure out. And the other is just like I said, around logistics, there's just a lot of logistical things to figure out. How do we get testing out to these at risk communities, whether they're in nursing homes or they're socially disadvantaged? I mean, those things are critically important. There were a lot of efforts already going on in the state and even in Olmstead County to do those things. So how do we fold those in now to the state mandate? There's just all these things. So it's, you know, that's where I think people really get a bit confused. It's like, well, the state said they were going to do a lot more testing. Why aren't we seeing a lot more testing today? It shouldn't be that hard. Just buy a machine and do some tests. And it's like, boy, it's, it's a lot more complicated than that. And so, but in my challenge as a leader is how do I, A, participate in, these, in this coalition in a way that what Mayo can contribute intellectually, we have the chance to do so without positioning ourselves like we're trying to just run the whole thing for the state or overstepping because you've been here for a long time. That's a real thing. Something I'm very sensitive to at Mayo is that at times we're rightly or wrongly uh, kind of painted into the ivory tower that Mayo Clinic is the ivory tower of medicine. And we kind of send these proclamations out from the top of the plumber building about how medicine should be practiced. Those observations may or may not be germane in some of the very local healthcare settings. So it's like, how do we contribute what we know? but also in a way that's very collaborative. That's kind of what I'm trying to understand as a leader. How do I participate in those things to drive them forward to some conclusions so we don't stall out? And on the other side, and um, as you do so well in your role, how do we distill some of these very complicated issues into some key elements that are understandable to someone that has no background on laboratory medicine? And that might even be in our own profession, because the reality is a lot of doctors outside of lab medicine don't understand the complexities that go around making a test available to a patient. Um, they just order tests and see a result. Um, and also the community at large are now huge stakeholders in this as well. So the two things are how do we effectively lead in a way that's true to the spirit, teamwork and collaboration and building up the state and not so much about Mayo, but more about the state needs. And also how do we message things 
to the state and to other stakeholders to say, here's what we're working on. Here's why it's a little bit complicated. It's going to take a little longer than people would like. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense, Bill. And, you know, I think it's very insightful. Uh, the complexities that you've described are just things that people don't really realize. You say, yeah, just buy the instrument, get the tests in, do the testing. But how are you going to get the people that need tested? How do you get their specimens to the place where, and then of course, the, you know, the transport and making sure that uh, the turnaround time is appropriate. Because sure, all the specimens could come to one centralized laboratory, but then that may not be appropriate for a hospitalized patient. So there actually has to be testing locally, as well as at some of the larger centers. And it's a lot more complicated than I think most people would realize. Yeah, it is for sure. And I think the, the two things I would add to that are, you know, here at Mayo, we have at every leadership level, uh, physician scientist, administrative partnership. And this has really been very powerful here because Scott Beck, my administrative colleague and senior vice president of Mayo Clinic Labs, has been involved in a lot of the operational discussions along with Sharon Z from Mayo Clinic Labs with the state. So they can keep churning that stuff through, but then as it it's clear that what they're trying to work through is an issue that requires some leadership um, weigh-in and buy-in. Those things can be kind of distilled out and escalated up so that we can discuss them with, with male leadership and then bring them back. What we don't know yet is how is this going to play out in the coalition as we bring them back. And for me personally, it's, <laughs> I have to laugh because you've been around me for a long time. So I'm very high energy and I think I like, <laughs> like pathology because I like to get in the information and make a decision and like go and yet that's not really how you're going to move a coalition forward. So I had to find my own instinct to try and just drive things forward to step back. That's both within the department as well as in this coalition um, to strike the right balance in this moving fast time as you stay, say, I love it. It's like, yeah, let's go, go, go. But it's like, if you're go, go, going and not taking along your partners with you, you're, all you're doing is getting leaving others behind, which isn't, and getting out there, uh, you're not helping basically. So that's, that's for me the, the balance I'm trying to strike on a daily basis. Wow. Yeah. Like how do you keep everyone engaged in part of the process, but yet drive things forward quickly? Exactly. Like Make some decisions. To. Exactly. Mm. I really appreciate your insight on this. It's definitely complicated. So we'll have, I'm sure, lots to talk about in the coming weeks about how this is going. So we'll uh, touch base again next week and you can give us an update then. So thanks yeah. again, Bill, for all of your insight. Oh, this is great. Uh, it's, uh, yes. And next, maybe next we could talk about extroverts versus introverts. Because the one thing I would say <laughs> is that being an extrovert is really valuable, honestly, when you're trying, because I'm really like to talk to people about things and getting things done. Um, but yet I need some introverts too, that actually work on stuff behind closed doors. So I have a plan to come forward with. So it's part of the teamwork. So it's been yep, great, it's Bobby. Great. We have a, a really good team. All Excellent. right. Thanks, Val. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you so much for tuning into Answers from the Lab. If you are interested in learning more about what we discussed in this episode, please click on the website address below. Plus, be sure to subscribe to this podcast as we will continue to provide you with Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing, science, and people who are making it happen behind the scenes. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday.